Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Unconditional agreement. Team, this is an interesting one today. We've got a few parties involved. Right, we've got a property that's being developed. We've got our defendant today, and our defendant is a real estate agent, and we've got our plaintiff, and our plaintiff is an investor. And as this development's progressing, our defendant real estate agent is very, very interested because he is very likely to be appointed as the selling agent, and there are a significant number of units. And so his commercial <laughs> impetus is that he would like the development to progress in order for him to generate an income. So the sole way he is gonna see any return on this development is for him to become appointed the selling agent for all these units. Right, sadly, the development is not being funded as easily or readily as it might otherwise be. And so our real estate agent turns to our plaintiff, our investor, to seek an additional investment. And that additional investment, excuse me, is in the sum of about $2.4 million. It's significant. And so uh, what our real estate agent does as part of these back and forth negotiations is he attempts to induce this investor into the arrangement. And one of the incentives, one of the inducements is that he does some sums and he thinks about a referral fee that he would normally pay uh, in respect of commissions like this. And he arrives at a figure of about $500,000. And he says to the investor, he says, right, I will pay to you $500,000 in exchange for you coming into this deal and making this investment in order for it to go ahead. And that's going to make sense, I'm sure, <laughs> because it's in this estate agent's interest. The only way the estate agent's gonna get any money is if the development goes ahead, he's appointed selling agent and he starts selling. So he says, right, I'm gonna pay you $500,000. And what he also does is he enters into two solemn written agreements, and I use the word agreements loosely because one of the documents is a deed, where he says unconditionally, I will pay to the investor $500,000 regardless of whether the development goes ahead or not. Okay, the development does not go ahead in the way anticipated, and the real estate agent's friend, and I use friend in the loose sense, his connect, um, sells the development before it is finished off to another developer. A poor old real estate agent does not get appointed as selling agent, but our investor turns his attention to the agreements. And I use agreements again in the loose sense, noting that one of them's a deed, and says, well, you know, I don't care about that you promised me unconditionally to pay $500,000. Where is it? And what our estate agent says is, oh, no, 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 no. That promise was only if I was to be appointed selling agent for these homes, right? I'm not gonna get any money out of this thing unless I'm the selling agent. So why would I be off promising you to pay, sorry, promising to pay you 500 grand if I'm getting zero and I'm paying 500 grand for nothing? Well, the answer from the investor is, well, that's not my concern. The fact is you agreed to pay it. And uh, the court had to work through the facts here. And the court also said that both the real estate agent and the investor were astute business people. 
and that the investor was not afraid to use the whip hand, knowing that he had power in the commercial relationship, knowing that the investment, the development was at risk, knowing that he was able to press uh, sharply for commercial terms in his favour, he did so press. One of those commercial terms was 500 grand from the real estate agent. In the written agreements, it was unconditional, meaning that the real estate agent was not able to point to a condition saying, I'll only pay if the development goes through. And what that meant for the court was the court said, well, you have unconditionally promised to pay 500 grand. The investor is gonna hold you to your promise you are obliged to pay it. So our poor old real estate agent lost and had to pay the 500 grand. Now, just as a bit of a gloss on that, uh, the real estate agent raised a number of arguments attempting to, to defend the claim. He said, oh, it's unconscionable that I should have to pay this amount. And uh, he failed in that argument. The reason he failed is that he wasn't uh, able to point to any particular pressure or coercion uh, in uh, him entering into these agreements that clearly said it's unconditional. Uh, he abandoned his misleading and deceptive conduct claim, as the court found rightfully, uh, and he made a rectification claim uh, on the basis that there was a common mistake between the parties, on the basis that, well, obviously the parties uh, anticipated no payment uh, would be made uh, on the 500 grand unless the development went through, and he was unable to prove that either. And so what we have um, that the court very constructively uh, sets out at the start of the judgment that I'll, that I'll direct you to, it's a fairly good judgment, forgive me. Lots of friends buzzing around today. <laughs> Is that even in cases where you've got two astute business people uh, dealing uh, with each other in a sharp and commercial way, you can have someone who drives a hard bargain and if that hard bargain is struck, both parties will be held to it. And that was the outcome today. I hope that note assisted you and I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.